Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Welcome back, everybody. How's everybody doing? It's Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope everyone's having a good day. We have a special treat in store. It is the day before the Richie Kotzen release of 50 for 50, the epic album that he announced he was going to be releasing at the late part of last year. Ever since that announcement happened, I've been stoked. I've been waiting for it. I've been like just craving new Richie Kotzen music. I know over the past year or so, he released three singles, The Damned, Riot, and Venom. None of those songs will be on this album. This is all going to be new material. But anytime you get a Richie Kotzen album, things are good right things are things are great but when you get 50 songs from one of the one of the greatest artists making music today it's a pretty special thing i'd like to welcome in crash crafton one of my good friends friend of the show who's going to take part in all three of the album reviews what we're going to do is we're going to break it down per disc the first one, of course, is Disc 1, which we'll be discussing tonight, the night before the release. And then Monday and Tuesday, we'll be doing Discs 2 and 3. So we have a three-part review. Let's just get into it before I say any more, because I, I've got a lot to say. I've got a, uh, I'm still absorbing this music, but what's going on, Crash? How are you doing? Uh, very little. How are you? I'm doing good, man. You know, been been listening to the first disc of Richie's new album over the past couple of days and just absorbing it. And what's awesome about this whole thing is when it's released on Monday and Tuesday, there's two more discs to listen to. So it's going to take a while for me to absorb it all completely. You know, I like to really sit with a record when it first comes out and just take it all in, listen to it as many times as I can. And now that we have 50 songs, I may not see anybody for the whole month of February as I take all this in. So, I'm in the same boat. This is a lot to absorb. It is. It is. Um, And it's all good. I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say it here in the introduction. I believe, in my opinion, that... Richie Cotton is the greatest guitar player making music today. 
Not, you know, I'm, I, we can always talk about and debate greatest ever, Hendrix, Page, Eddie Van Halen, all that stuff. But making music today in the now, there is no better guitar player doing that than Richie Katzen. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. And not only does he play guitar, he's got a tremendous voice. I think there's a little bit of, of, of Cornell in his voice. I hear a lot of Coverdale. I hear a lot of Glenn Hughes. Um, it's a perfect match. It's a perfect voice. It does all those elements that go into that do give him an, a unique voice. So it's not like he's a carbon copy of any of those guys. He certainly isn't. So he's got a great voice. He's a phenomenal guitar player. He can play piano. He plays drums. I, I believe he plays all the instruments on this album. Um, when the disc comes out or the album comes out on Monday, we'll confirm that to see if he had any other players play with him. But usually he does all the instrumentation on the record, which is another phenomenal thing about Richie Kotzen. I agree. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, just from the couple interviews that he's done about this, he did play all the instruments and everything and mixed it and everything himself. So, which he usually does anyways on his other releases. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there is any guest players on it. Well, there's a couple songs that have some some horns, or there's one song in particular that has a, a horn section on it, and I wonder if he plays that as well. I'm not sure if he does or not. I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he does play because he can, you know, he, he's he's phenomenal at everything else. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I would love to check that out to see if he and did fact do the horn section on the song "Dirty Tricks." Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I'd like to see that. But, you know, this is such a huge undertaking for an artist to do 50 songs, 50, you know, songs that have never been released for. These are not different versions of, you know, other songs that he's done in the past. I don't know, you know, where these songs came from, if they were near finish and he never, you know, he, he always wanted to do some things different with them. I don't know. There's a lot of questions to ask Richie about, how this album came about and where the idea and the motivation to do this came from. I know he says, you know, it's for his 50th birthday. You know, that's where you get the title 50 for 50, but you've really got to put a lot of time and really be dedicated to, to do an album, right. Of 10 to 12 songs. And when you release something that has 50 songs, I mean, that is an incredible, incredible journey for an artist to take on. Yeah, it's it's pretty mind blowing. I mean, I what well, Prince had what Emancipation, but that that had a mix of cover tunes on it too. But off the top of my head, you know, double albums are fairly common sometimes. But to do three with fifty songs, brand new, mind boggling. Yeah. Well, to be a fly on the wall in his studio when he was doing this would just be absolutely cool. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, not not many artists today, you know, would be willing to take on the huge the huge task of doing 50 songs and releasing it for their fans I, i'm happy you know i mean this is this is something i've been looking forward to for a few months and you know i think i said to you last week on, on like monday i said just think a week from now i'll be listening to 50 for 50 i'm that, I'm that excited about this record it's 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 great to see that uh you know richie completed this and put it out for his fans and we're going to get into the review right now and we're going to go over song by song track by track 
for the first disc on the 50 for 50 album by Richie Conson. Sounds good. The first song is Stick the Knife, which begins with an incredible guitar intro. A strong track to start off the album. You know, it's it's kind of like, I always look at an album as being on a plane, okay? You know, you sit down on the plane, you're ready to go, and the plane takes off. The album takes off with Stick to Knife. It is a it definitely great first song on the album. It's It's got all the great elements that make Richie who he is. It's got, uh, it showcases his voice, his guitar playing, and his influences. And, and we're going to get into the, the influence of this first disc as we talk. But again, a great song to start the album. I mean, guitar intro kind of had a vibe of like, you know, the 24 hours, what I got off of it. But I mean, it's obviously not the copy of it. Just that opening line on the fretboard, you know, it was like, okay, we're in business now. Yeah, no, it was, it's definitely a, a great, like I said, a great song to start the album off. We move into As You Are, has a lot more of a bluesy feel to it. Reminds me a little bit of the dying on the first Winery Dogs record. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, the, like you know, the verses has a bit of an attitude, you know, in the way he delivers. Like I think the choruses almost have like a sense of yearning to them, you know, like longing for something. You know, it's, it's really cool to you know with a lot of his material is you know the different moods and vibes that you get off of it, and how he expresses himself. You know, not just guitar playing but vocally. That is a, a, a such a unique thing about Richie is, you know, he's able to, like you said, express himself with his voice. I'm sure as we listen to the second disc and the third disc, we'll also see more of the same as we saw on the first disc, which is the different deliveries and approaches that he has to not only the guitar, but his singing. There are so many different elements going on. There's so many different roads this first disc goes down i mean you know we mentioned the you know and stick the knife the album takes off perfect song to 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 start the record it's got that guitar intro like you mentioned i i also have a little bit of a uh, it's got a little bit of a mean street van halen vibe to it in that beginning and as you mentioned too, his voice is, especially on the first couple songs, very much more aggressive. Like, like you know, not as subtle as some of his songs are. It's more of a swagger, more of an attitude, and it fits well with what he's trying to do with the guitar. What he is doing with the guitar, you know, for the first two songs of an album, it's almost a perfect way to begin an album. Like I said, takes off, and as we get into "As You Are." You know, the 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 incline keeps going, you know, and we're not ready to put it in autopilot yet, you know, for the first disc. So, again, first two songs are just absolutely perfect way to open up an album. I, I can't disagree. The third song is Dogs, which starts to show more of the R&B side to Richie on this album. It's got a very, you know, R&B feel to it. The depth of Richie's playing. As you listen to this, you know, the first disc for this album, you see many different elements. You know it's Richie playing, but you know, you start with the Mean Street-esque beginning of Stick the Knife, and by the third song, you've got an R&B feel to it, 
the ultimate breakup song. I, the lyrics are absolutely tremendous on this. And, and it's, yeah. you know, his songwriting in this is second to none too as well. Yeah. And, then the, you know, in the whole scene of, you know, a breakup, you know, everybody's went through them and heard songs about them. But I think the fact that he's taken the dog with him because the dog treats him better than the relationship did is a nice little twist into the normal, you know, the breakup song that we're all used to. And the lyrics are rather melancholy, I think. But between with that and his guitar tone on the song and the keyboards, it just, it's a nice lush, melancholy vibe to it. And the, the excellent lyrics kind of set the tone for, you know, the scenario of breaking up and then taking the dog with you. It's just an excellent track. You know, the album continues on a strong start. You know, Stick the Knife, As You Are, Dogs, you know, songs that, that really kind of resonate with all, you know, Richie fans or myself as a Richie fan. And then we go into more than this, which is, again, you know, kind of changing things up a little bit. You know, it's still got that Richie feel to it and that influence, but again, more of a subtle type approach, you know, than, than the first three songs. And with more than this, I kind of felt like more than this would in the terms of like, if you're, you're looking back on your life or in the situation that you're in more than this feels kind of like a prequel or like the chapter before dogs, as far as the relationship goes, I don't know, you know, if you felt that or not, but it felt like that was, you know, more than this led up to the breakup and then you get dogs out of the breakup. There are two different vibes as far as the song goes, you know, but it kind of felt like, like I said, like the prequel to dogs, you know, it's a slower tempo. It kind of has a real good, you know, like real pop sheen to it, you know, radio friendly. But as far as the lyrics and the story that he's conveying through them, it felt like a prequel, you know, like leading up to the actual breakup. It's interesting. You know, I, I did enjoy the lyrics for more than this, but I didn't think of it that way. And I do think you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of like the song Dogs is the aftermath of what was once great in a relationship. You know, nothing. usually relationships never end the way you want them. You know, they, there's always stress. There's always bitterness. There's always, I hate to use the word hate, but, you know, people get caught up in emotion. And that's really conveyed on dogs. And like you said, with more than this, you know, it's that newness. You know, everything is great in the beginning. There's anticipation. There's there's opportunity. And there's things to look forward to anytime you're with someone that's new. And that's an interesting perspective, Crash, because... Yeah, I mean, and it can, I can kind of equate it you know, with my marriage, because I mean, I remember, like you said, you had the anticipation and the new opportunities, and then eventually we hit a wall, and then it was just like misery for a year or so. And I kind of think that, more than this, hits on that, where you know you're not where you need to be, and you're not with who you need to be with. But for some reason, you're just trying to stick it out, hoping it gets better. And obviously, usually it doesn't. You know, some people are strong enough to get through it. Some people aren't. I think that's what more than this hits on. And then dogs is obviously breaking up the divorce, whatever you want to call it. 
you know, that's that's how I go. Well, right. what's 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 missing in there is is the song about couples therapy. That maybe. Oh God. <laughs> Again, another great strong track. We go to the fifth song, and that's "Dirty Tricks," and this is where. We just mentioned the first four songs are great, but this is a, really a great song that Richie really shines on. It really shows the R&B flair and influence that he has because you hear a lot of Stevie Wonder. You know, there's horns in the background, you know, during this song. Uh, there's a bit of Earth, Wind, and Fire. You hear a bit of Parliament, a little bit of Prince, and it is where Richie kind of has gone over the last several years. I mean, if you listen to some of his previous albums... Richie's an artist that is constantly evolving, constantly pushing himself and wanting to do things different. So you listen to the last record, Salting Earth, and even Cannibals before that, you know, you, you, you really see Richie evolve into allowing his R&B influences to come out more and be more front and center. You really hear that with Dirty Tricks. I mean, the, the vocals have a very Stevie Wonder-esque type of delivery. You know, the song is incredible just like the first four. I mean, it, it, it's going to be, I, I hope people don't think that we're just going to say every song is great, but in reality, every song is phenomenal. But what yeah, did, um, what did you think of Dirty Tricks? not to say that. It is difficult not, not to say that about Richie and his music because, you know, like, 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 you know, we're on song five of 16 for the first, you know, side of the record here, you know, the first of three discs. Stick the knife as as you are. Dogs more than this and dirty tricks. I mean, you have five completely different songs that are all Richie. They all sound like Richie, but they're all different journeys the moment they start, and that continues on for the rest of the record. Which again makes Richie very unique in his style and approach to making music. A lot of artists, yeah. you know, will mail it in. You know, they'll maybe have a one or two songs that kind of are different, but. I, I love the fact that you almost see the evolution of him while you're listening. I mean, because there's so many different things. There's so many things that he's doing. What What did you think of Dirty Tricks? I loved it. Um, it's it's awesome, loud. I mean, and like you said, you can feel the or hear the Stevie Wonder, the Parliament, the Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I also felt. A lot of his flying the family stone influence. Yes, yes absolutely. And in in the track itself, with obviously with the flying the family stone influence, which was the first thing that caught my attention, is it felt kind of you kind of felt motherhead. It's slow. The album slow vibe to it. You know, with the instrumentation and the the feel of it all. You know, with the Slipping the Family Stone and Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Stevie Wonder influences. But it's just a phenomenal track, and it's, it's awesome, wild. I mean, all of them are great, wild, but this one you really want to crank up. I can't, I can't wait to play it in the car. Yeah, I have not done that yet, and I've just been listening at home and, uh, you know, and having it with me. I have not put it in the car yet, so that's something I do look forward to doing as well. We move yeah, on. Uh, that's going to be a fun one where you have to worry about getting a speeding ticket. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. You know, but we, you know, we move on. Or crashing. No, oh, well, you know, <laughs> nobody wants to crash. You know, you got to pay attention. Well, I get the pun yeah. there, crash, crashing, but um, 
That one almost went over my head. I got it back right as it was by you know behind my head, and I pulled it back. I'm like, all right, I got that joke. I got that. So, um, <laughs> right on. The next song is Nickel Hustle, which again, you know, the Stevie Wonder element, the Stevie Wonder approach, the influence, also a lot of Parliament in this song too, as well. Does a little bit different stuff with the register of his voice, um, more of a, a, a of a deeper tone, deeper you know approach to singing on that. Um, again, another straight track, another great track. So you know, again, we're we're almost halfway through the record and. You know, there, there, there has been no let up in the material and the songs so far. No, the, the quality people can, people harped on me before with my reviews on Richie that call me that singer or whatever you want, family. I don't care. It's all true. But the quality's there, you know. It's, this isn't filler, you know. This is top of the line quality stuff. You know, and with this song, this is a funky song. I mean, he busts out the funk in this. And his bass and his drumming, his bass playing and his drumming are just off the chart, you know. And he doesn't get enough recognition for that. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, it is, whenever you hear of an artist doing something like this, and I think he's even mentioned this before in interviews where, you know, he says if something didn't work, before it's probably not good enough to be on an album. I've also heard him say where, you know, certain songs when he was recording with the winery dogs, where he pulled an element of one song he had been working on and another one, and they kind of meshed together perfectly. I've always said music is about timing. You know, I mean, maybe some of these songs have been recorded over the years, the demos and the ideas have been developed by Richie over the years, but maybe the timing just wasn't right for these songs. I don't know what exactly is brand new or what exactly is from the vaults, from the Richie vaults. But again, some songs may not sound good three, four years ago, two years ago, a year ago, or maybe he hasn't figured out how to develop the song the way his ear and the way his mind is hearing it. But getting back to my original point, when you hear an artist releasing 50 songs like this, a lot of times the material isn't strong. You know, we're, we're on song six right now. We're moving into song seven. And that's not the case. All these songs are different. They're all Richie, but they're different. Every song is a journey to each of its own. It's easy for people to maybe call us, oh, you know, over-the-top Richie fans, which I'm not going to deny. I love Richie Cotton. You know crash that I have a pretty distinct way of viewing things and if something is doesn't sound right I will say it doesn't sound good or it doesn't sound right and that's not the case yeah. you know so far with what we're what we're doing here with with uh you know the, the album review of 50 for 50 by Richie Cotson this is right yeah I'm the same way like I you know like I said people call me a fanboy or not singer or whatever that's fine I am but I can call it spade a spade it's like going back to 1999 when he put out the Break It All Down album. There's a couple tracks on there I like, but overall, don't know if it was his headspace at the time, but the songs were lacking, the production was lacking, it just seemed muddy, 
you know, and I didn't really like that album. And, you know, back on his old forum on his message board, you know, when I put my review up for that album, people were like, and you call yourself a fan. Yeah. And I'm like, I like, I like it. I, it's not like I'm never going to listen to it again, but it just, it's not his best work. You know, it's not all that good in my opinion. And then it's just my opinion. And here's, you know, but, yeah. And, and you and I have the same policy too. I, I won't review anything if I don't like it. I'd rather right. just let it be and just let it sit rather than me, you know, tear it apart or, you know, tell people how bad it is. You know, there's enough people out in social media or commenting on posts that will tell you what's wrong and what's right about whatever. You know, everyone's a critic these right. days. And that's not the case with, with the Richie Kotzen album with 50 for 50. It's a strong record. I mean, disc one so far is some of his best work, you know, interested to know how all these songs came to be and what was the status of all these, all this music, you know, is it something, like I said, is it about timing where he didn't feel good about it at that time and maybe he looked at it differently? You know, you go through different life experiences, right, that change you. You know, I always talk, yeah. you know, frequently about the evolution of the artist where, and, and, and not just the artist, but his fans too. I mean, we're not the same people we were in our 20s, and our teens, 10 years ago, five years ago. Life experiences change us, gives us a different perspective. And what didn't sound good to Richie, you know, a year ago, two years ago, whenever the time frame is, you know, when he's working through this stuff and, he, and he's got ideas, you know, maybe he applied that idea to that song. Maybe, you know, stick the knife. Well, maybe if I did this, it would work. And it does. Or with more than this, maybe if I change this up or add this element to the song, it'll work. And it does. This is a huge undertaking for an artist. And, and I'd love to pick his brain about, you know, the development of all this music. Because I think that's really interesting. Because he's an artist that has, like I said, evolved so much over the past decade. And he's allowing his influences. I mean, he's mentioned before about the record deal that he had with was it Shrapnel and he wanted to be let out of that record deal because he wanted to do an R&B record I mean he's been talking about the influence of R&B and a lot of artists that we've touched on for for a long time and the last few albums you've seen a lot of that influence coming through and each album I think I feel has more and more of that influence coming through in his music and not to say that this whole first disc is all R&B because it's not as we talked about stick the knife as you are you know more than this but just when you get you know kind of settled in with the music that he's playing on this record he goes you know, bam like right into a different direction on the next song which is so cool so cool yeah he, he loves throwing curveballs I love and it he throws them well I, I, I love it I mean it's boring. You know, there's not many bands that can release the, the same album over and over again. I mean, ACDC and when Motorhead was around, and those bands are awesome. They're great. They're two, two of my favorite bands. But at some point, I need the artist to evolve. And I know a lot of fans become lazy as they get older. They want their you know favorite artists to stay in the same box as they were 20 years ago. I mean, when I talk with George Lynch, few weeks ago we, we talked a lot about that 
And Richie never allows himself to be, you know, pinned down or, or pigeonholed into one style of music. And I think that's what's great about the winery dogs, right? Because with his solo work, he can do whatever he wants and it'll be great. And then he's got that winery dogs band that he has. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say it like that. But then there's the winery dogs that allows him to be more rock. And there's still some R&B, you know, bluesy type influences in a lot of the songs. Although the last record they did was a little bit more progressive. But the first record, you know, there's songs on there that um, are a lot more, you know, I think that was, I think a lot of those songs were Richie songs too that he brought to the table. Yeah, they they definitely got more more diverse with Hot Streak. You know, um, it, it, it's interesting to hear him collaborate with you know Billy and Mike and with other people. You know, because you get the Richie one man band, you know, with the solo stuff usually, and then when he steps out and does Winery Dogs or like when he's in Bear Two or uh, Forty Deuce. You know, when he had 40 Deuce back in the early 2000s. Love that album. And then, like, Wilson Hawk, you know, that he did with Richie Vito there in 2009, you know, which was a more R&D soul project. And, you know, for whatever reason, he decided to put it out under the moniker Wilson Hawk, you know, instead of calling it Richie Cotton. But, you know, whatever. I mean, it's obviously him. You can hear that. But, you know, when he collaborates with other people, it's pretty neat to see where it goes. You know, but then he always comes back home, you know, with his solo stuff. And like you said, his solo stuff is very diverse, you know, different influence and vibes on everything. And he's not stuck, you know, in one lane. You know, and he's not done, he's not stuck in one lane with the outside stuff that he does with the winery dogs or whatever, but, We're going to stop the review and pause the review very quick to let Richie know that if he is listening to this, please release a hard copy CD of the Wilson Hawk album. Yes. Amen. Please. I I will second that motion. Do like a special tour. You know, if he's going to be touring or whatever, do like only, only have it out on like, you know, put it like, I'm not even asking for some elaborate packaging. Just give me like the sleeve with the cover, songs in the back, and the disc in, in the pouch. That's all I need. Yep. All I need. Yep. And 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 you just sell it while you're on tour, like a special, you know, tour that you can only get. You can't get it online. You can't get it, at, you know, the Richie Cotchin store or on Amazon. Only sold. Sell maybe 50 copies at each show. And then if you have stuff left over after the tour, then you put it on, you know, online or whatever. But yeah, that that's such an incredible record. And I always like the physical copy of the album. But uh and, and I'm hoping at some point that that does get released a rarity or a special edition type of uh type of release. But let us continue on yeah. to the to the uh Richie Conson album review. <laughs> so I just yeah. wanted to get I that in there. Quick side note on the whole Wilson Hawk physical copy. I've interviewed him four times and, you know, talked to him in person a couple of times. And I brought that up every time. <laughs> and he, he just rolls his eyes at me. And he, he doesn't get the demand. You know, it's not just me or you. There's a demand for it. You know, and he just rolls his eyes and he's like, why? You know, nobody buys physical anymore. And it was like, you know, 10 years ago when he first put it out, they still were a lot more. 
and he still didn't get it then, please, Richie, put it out on physical media. Compact disc, vinyl. No, I, I don't want it on vinyl. I, I would rather listen to it on disc. I, the, let's 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 forget the idea of vinyl. Let's just focus on <laughs> let's just focus on the CD. Like I said, just a simple pouch cover, songs in the back. I don't need liner notes, anything. Just give me the disc so I can, you know, bop around town with that in my car and listen to it. And I know you can say, oh, you can just hook your phone up and listen to it there. It's not the same. I want I want that physical copy. I, I, I love the physical connection to music. And, right. you know, I, I love that record. I love the music on that record. And hopefully at some point, someday, he does, in fact, do a limited run of CDs for that. You know, I mean, like I said, just sell 50 at each show. And if you got stuff left over, put it online and, you know, I'm sure people will buy it at some point. So moving on. I'll, I'll happily buy one. Devil's Hand, song number seven, which is the first single off of the album. Once again, this song for me is the masterpiece of the first disc. It's over seven minutes, about seven and a half minutes long. It's got a, a, the, the intro of the song is much different than how it ends. You have more of a, you know, Richie on acoustic guitar and some very poignant lyrics, you know, and, and then as you move forward, this journey of devil's hand and throughout the whole song, the outro, the guitar playing at the end of the song is magnificent. It is incredible. It's a perfect song. It really is. Yeah. Uh, there's only one word I could use to describe this opus, and that would be epic. It's just epic. There's so many moods and transitions and where it goes. It, it's epic. I've t- never heard him put out a song that long. Yeah. And that, that's such the unique thing, too. And we've talked about, you know, the journey of listening to a Richie album. The journey within this song takes you on so many different paths and so many different roads. And, and like I said, what the song is in the beginning is not what it is at the end. And that's so cool because I'll just say this for anyone listening to the song, just, you know, strap it in and enjoy the ride because it is a ride and it's a great, great song. Yeah. Great, great vibe throughout the whole thing. And like you said, you know, the changes and the, and the, and the direction it goes, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like I said, epic. And I'm gonna. I'm really interested to see what the video is gonna be like. I mean, I can only imagine. You know, he's working with uh, Vicente Cordero, who's done like War Paint and You and Venom and The Dam. You know, and I can only imagine where those two are gonna take this video. You know, it, I I think that will be epic as well. Yeah, and that's you know, that's it's, it's going to be interesting, and that's going to be released tomorrow too, as well with the album. So the album comes out Monday the third, and the song will be released on the third as well. So yeah, get ready for all, get ready for all of that tomorrow, and it's going to be Richie Cotton Day across the universe, so to speak. So yeah, uh, Mad Bazaar is the next song, and again, you know, you go from devil's hand you go for, for, now think about that you go from nickel hustle with this stevie wonder prince parliament 
type of vibe to it, to Devil's Hand, which is this journey that Richie takes you on, into Mad Bazaar, which kind of begins with a little bit of a Michael McDonald-esque type of piano keyboard type thing going on, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I was getting a Hall and Oates vibe to the song. I would even agree with that. Yeah, Michael McDonald, Hall and Oates type of vibe. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I love his I love his key keys playing or piano playing, whatever you want to call it. It adds so much depth to whenever he uses it. And he's a phenomenal keys player. And just I you know, like I said, I'd like to hear a whole album of nothing but piano driven tunes. He I mean, he can even not play guitar on any of it. You know, like My Rock, you know, the song My Rock off Salting Earth something like that, you know, but the whole album back, just explore, you know, his piano playing. I think that'd be excellent. Go back to Matt Bazaar, but we're not going to change it. No, I, I think, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, with his piano playing, I remember seeing him at Reggie's here in Chicago, and I took a friend of mine who had only seen him with the Winery Dogs. Never seen him solo. I've seen him solo a couple of times. So we get there, and, you know, Richie's playing the guitar, you know, he's singing, and all of a sudden he starts playing the piano. And my friend leans over to me and he goes, that guy's a jerk. I go, <laughs> I go, I go, why? And my friend's in, in, in a couple bands too. I go, I go, I go, why? I go, did you meet him like before the show? Like what, what gives you the, the vibe that he's a jerk? He goes, the guy is a phenomenal guitar player. The guy is a phenomenal singer. The guy is a phenomenal piano player. He's like, I wish I could do 10% of what he can do on all three of those things. He's a jerk. He's like, he's like, I could never even come close to any of that on all three things. And we had a good laugh after. It was kind of a funny moment. But it's so thrilling to see him live because the guitar playing when you see him in concert is absolutely incredible. You know, His voice is great. The piano playing, he is the complete package. And I know it's been hammered out about how come he's not as big as he should be. And yeah, we can all agree with that. We all agree that Richie Cotson should be this megastar. However, the positive thing about that for Richie himself and Richie fans is, like we've been talking about, if Richie was this mass superstar, I don't know if he'd be able to put out the music he puts out. Because what do record companies do? They put you in a box, the fans put you in a box, and that's what you're going to be. And that's the music that you that you are going to release. And you can evolve a little bit, you know? I mean, you can do some different things, but it's it's more difficult for a major star to evolve as much as Richie allows himself to evolve and do the things that he does than, you know, for Richie to be this independent artist who's free of all constraints by record companies where he can do songs from Stick the, Stick the Knife to Dogs to Dirty Tricks to Nickel Hustle, to Devil's Hand, to Mad Bazaar, and all the other material that he's released prior. That's what makes him so unique and so special, is you never know what you're going to get, and that's the awesome thing about it. Hallelujah. Amen. And I think he's even talked about that, too, with a couple of prior interviews that you've done with him, especially about the Mother's Head reunion album. I mean, he talks about you know the difficulty with Geffen Records. I don't know if... if if Richie would ever want to go back to something like that, 
even if it did make him a mega, mega superstar. I mean, only he knows, you know, I, I don't want to say that I know what he's thinking because I don't. Only he does, knows that. But based on what I've read through the years about him and based on the music that he makes, I think he's successful enough where he's comfortable and he has the artistic freedom to do whatever he wants in the approach and, and, and have a different approach on every album. And as you see on this record, a different approach almost from song to song. Yeah, and I discussed that with him, the whole the Motherheads issue that he had with Kalodner, John Kalodner, the thing that's A&R guy. And he's talked about it with the Interscope deal that he had after Shrapnel where they're like, we didn't sign you to be some R&B crooner. You know, we wanted the rock guy, you know, and, you know, he had Danny Korchmeyer as was going to be the producer and the producer was all for the direction Richie was wanting to go with the label and the A&R guy there were like, no, 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 no. Yeah. He's perfectly happy being his own boss. I, you know, I just don't see him giving the reins over to some guy in a suit that's going to tell him what to do, you know, for a quick buck. That's just not him. He would have done it by now. You know, he's his own boss pulling in. And and as Richie fans, do we really want him to give up the control? Do we really want him to give up the freedom that has allowed him to make so much great music for us as fans and for him? But, you know, we're the ones that are receiving the music and we are the ones that are enjoying it. And, right. you know, does he want to stop? And that was one of my trepidations when the Langer Dog started. I was like, I don't know. You know, granted, he was going to be the singer and the guitar player, but is he going to, is his creativity and everything going to have to take a back seat like it did with a former band that he was in that I won't name because it's a dirty word? But, you know, I thought, is he just going to be relegated to being a quote-unquote a side man, although that word doesn't really fit. But thankfully, you know, his personality and his creativity can shine in the winery dog out of Cam, Billy, and Mike. And then it makes this, you know, really exciting blend, you know, that is the winery dog. But for him to be handcuffed by some suit for the sake of money. Well, now I don't think will ever happen. And I appreciate you know? that. I, I, I think that's great because too many times, so many great acts, so many great artists, so many great bands have fallen into that trap where they kind of just mail it in. I, I, I never get that from Richie where, you know, he's just writing music just to put it out, you know, to go on tour Every album he's done, every song that he's released has always been the complete package, has always been something that you could tell that he cares about and he wants to put forth the best, and he has that artistic freedom to do so. So appreciate that, Richie Kotzen fans. I mean, I know we always want artists that we love to be huge and big, and of course, you know, we do. We wouldn't, I don't think we'd love Richie any less if he was. But I think the landscape of his career would be much different if he was on a major record label and he wasn't allowed to do as much as he wanted to do and go on these different paths and journeys with each song, with each album. So I think that as Richie Kotzen fans, I think we're happy in the place he's at. And I think 
we appreciate all that stuff. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this last night. I was talking to my friend Anjali and thinking about, you know, I've been a fan of being for 30 years now, you know, from the Fever Dream record. And it's the journey that he's taken as an artist, you know, through the ups and the downs and, you know, different styles and influences and just evolving as a musician, singer, and a songwriter. It has been amazing to watch. And I, it's going to be awesome to see what the future holds. And, you know, we got part of it in our hand now with 50 for 50 because I'm the first disc. You know, what are disc two and disc three? What journeys are those in? So it's, it's awesome. You know, I look back and think of that 30 year journey with him as a fan, you know, and with his songwriting and everything that he puts out there, I, you know, I've discovered lots of other music that I would have never heard, you know, and I couldn't imagine being stuck just being a rock or a metal guy, you know? So, and it's, it's been an awesome journey and there's still more to come. Definitely. As we move on to the ninth song on the album, Turning the Table, this is where things really get interesting because, again, it, it goes back to the funk and R&B elements, the Stevie Wonder, the Prince. But his approach to singing on this is so James Brown-esque. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm listening to this song, and I'm like, that's James Brown. I mean, and he delivers so good on that approach. You know, it's 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 stuff that he can definitely do and handle, but it's got that funk R and B James Brown type of feel. Um, just a another incredible song on the record. Yeah, and the I don't know how to put this. The way he delivers the lyrics is like he sprinkled some extra zest on it. <laughs> a little spicy. It's just a little attitude. I felt. You know, and it's it's a funky track. I like it. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites on on the first disc as well. Uh, again, another journey. I mean, like you know, we we he keeps going in these different rooms on the record, and you never know what song what is going what, what the differences are going to be on each song. So prepare yourself yeah. for that. Uh, number ten, already scarred, which is. Another song, more like on the type of approach, like more than this, you know, an earlier song on the disc. Another great track, really good guitar playing on this song. What um the tone on the intro is some of the best tone I've heard from him over the thirty years that I've been listening to him. It's just gorgeous. I think I texted you when I was listening to it. I said. Did you know? Did you notice anything different about his tone? And this was the song I was talking about. And you know, we were, we 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 had the discussion about the song, but it is again him changing it up, him doing something a little different, adding a little uh, different spice, as you mentioned in in his in the song and the approach of the music. And thankfully, the tone comes back at the outro. <laughs> it does. It, yeah, I mean, it's just gorgeous. We go on to Black Mark which is song number 11 on the album. Uh, more funk, more... It's kind of like a funk Beatles type of song. Yeah, it's a, 
And it was like in my notes, I have, it's peppy musically, which is in juxtaposition to the lyrics. Odd sounds like a bad word, and I don't mean it bad, but it, it's just really cool, the juxtaposition of the mood of the lyrics and him singing compared to musically. But it blooms so well together. It does. It's like that yin and the yang, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, the way he ended the song is just freaking cruel. Why? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Imagine if he had stretched it out. But then again, it's perfect as it is. But the way he ends it, it's just like, what? No pun intended, crashing into a brick wall. And you're done. It's like, hey, I thought there was more road to go. But the way he ended it, I just thought it was cruel. Cruel and unusual punishment. Next song, number 12, Living Dream. More bluesy type of feel, again, with the Stevie Wonder approach. Another solid song. Enjoyed this one, too, as well. Before we get to the end, we got four more songs to do this. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. There's not one bad song on this disc. So, Man, you ruined it for everybody. (laughs) There isn't. We'll go through each song, but you're going to enjoy the first part of 50 for 50. Absolutely. Living dream is, is a, another great track. Again, going from black Mark to living dream. You never would have guessed the differences in the song and how he just, again, goes in a different direction. And I think this song, I, I can't wait to, I hope he does it live. Cause I think the interaction between him and the crowd is going to be a fun audience participation song. And I think it just, it's just going to be huge you know, live. It's, it's really cool. Well, that's another interesting oh, thing. He does it live. Yeah, th- that's another interesting thing as well. I mean, when he does tour, he usually does a handful of newer songs, you know, five to six new songs per tour. How is he going to select the the, the five or six songs he's going to play? Maybe he's going to do more, I don't know. But that's going to be really hard to play or pick five, six songs on a set list from 50 and also not forget about, you know, the songs that, that the fans want to see as well. So that's going to be an interesting element right. as he tours off of this record. Who knows? Maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll have an idea like I had for the podcast where we do 50 episodes or 50 songs. Maybe he'll play all three records in its entirety. You know, the first set, disc one, first set, second set, disc two, third set, disc three. Yeah, all 50 songs. He's not going to do that. Yeah. Just like I told you, <laughs> just like I told you in a couple expletives that that wasn't going to happen, we're not going to do a 50 day review of an album. And not because I don't want to do that, it's because the editing. I edit all these episodes myself. I'm not going to edit 50 episodes every single day for the next two months. So I did share a couple nice, kind words for you when you, when you did that. And I'm sure if you mentioned that, that to Rich, and I'm sure if you mentioned to Richie that you should do three sets, do all fifty songs every night, he'd probably share the same kind words that I had for you when you mentioned that to me. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. So, yeah. Well, let me catch. Jay, you should do you should do one song per day for fifty days, and we should do like an hour <laughs> episode on each song. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So, um, Alrighty. yeah, 
I had to go there. Yeah. Number 13, When the God Made You, which, again, has the funk elements, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, that's a common approach on this first disc, and I love that approach. I love that. And I think when I was initially listening to the first, you know, first time around on the on disc one, I I I texted you. I go, Do you hear a lot of Stevie Wonder in this stuff? And, he, and you're like, Yeah, you know, I mean that's that's a huge influence for him. And I'm like, Man, has it come through? It totally shines through. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a nice little funky romp. I like how it changes the vibe, you know, in the chorus. And it contains one of my favorite solos on the first disc. We've been talking a lot about his influences and the different parts of, you know, or the different approach to each song on the album. We really haven't talked enough about his guitar playing because it is incredible. It is wow. Yeah. You know, from the from the intro to stick the stick the knife all the way through. I mean, you know, it's just it's just absolutely incredible. His guitar playing on this is some of the best stuff that I've heard him do ever. And I think fans, you know, like the fans that got introduced during, during the shredding stuff, they're going to be pleased with some of the stuff. You know, the fans, like, you know, the motherhead stuff and the more subtle stuff like what is, you know, or the crazy textured stuff from like slow, you know, on the end of the black, clear, you know, through salting earth and the dams and riots. Riot or just a guitar song, you know, crazy guitar song, you know, and then Venom. Everybody, I think, is going to be very happy with his guitar playing, you know, and what he's brought forth with it. I think every era, whatever era is your favorite, is well represented, but it's obviously brand new. We could talk about Riot and how it relates to a lot of these songs because there's a there's, there there are some similarities to that song to a lot of what's on the first disc of this record 50 for 50. There's a lot of guitar elements in Riot, like you said. I mean, there's the shredding. But what's so cool about that song is how it it goes back from shredding into like this earth, wind, and fire chorus and this R&B vibe to it. And this is a prime example. And a lot of these songs are very similar to that on this album. Yeah. It's just, how, how does, to have a guy or to have an artist be able to shred like nobody's business, to have the depth of that R&B influence come in through those notes and from, in from that, from that tone that he has and the way he plays and the way he approaches it, then to have the other elements of the song I can't think of anyone. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe that's where Hendrix would have gone had he stayed alive. Um, you know, Prince obviously did a lot, but Prince was more funk, more soul, more R&B. There wasn't a lot of shredding. There was some shredding in, in some of his songs. I mean, Prince could play the, you know, play is, is a phenomenal guitar player. And maybe that's the closest modern artist that we can compare Richie to is probably Prince because, you know, he has that R&B quality, that soul to him in his music. 
but he can also shred. I mean, there's so many different things about Richie as the artist that really shine through on this album and really give you an appreciation of who he is because right now he's unlike no other. There's no one right now that is like Richie. That's just, I, I know it's my opinion, but tell me someone who's, who, who, who can play like that, can sing like that, and can have that feel in depth to, to his music. So tell me who. Right. I, I can't think of anybody. I, I brought that up to someone one day, and they said John Mayer, and I about puked in their lap. Well, John Mayer is a great guitar player, and, and John Mayer is a great artist, but I don't think John Mayer can shred like Richie. Um, I don't think... I like no. John. I like no. I, I I like John Mayer's music. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, say anything bad about John Mayer because his guitar playing, his tone is great. I like his music. You know, it's it's more of a bluesy type of feel to it. Um, then Richie has a little bit more R and B funk with the shredding, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that might be a, a good comparison. But again, I go back to yeah. I go back to. The way I look at it is it's a good comparison, but it isn't in that, you know, there are elements that you could probably compare Richie to John Mayer. But once you go deep into Richie's catalog, I don't think to the fan that really takes the time to do that. Any fan that does that will come out thinking the same thing. No, God, I hope not. (laughs) Move on, or I'm going to go on a trunk rant. All right. Um, <laughs> number number fourteen. Wait for me. Again, you know uh, the same things that we've been talking about. Another great song off the record. Um, you know the album's winding down at this point. There's a couple songs left, but you really get a a a full appreciation to the body of work at this point because it's going in so many different directions and so many different rooms of creativity. Yeah. Have you ever heard any of Richie's collaborations with Stevie Stallis? No, I haven't. This song, Wait For Me, feels like what, because they haven't collaborated in a while. They're best friends and everything, but they haven't collaborated musically together in a while a long while way too long but this song feels to me what a collaboration between those two would be like in 2020 2019 2020 and you know I begged for this in print and to him to do an entire album with Stevie back in 2003, 2004, him and Stevie went over to the UK White Fable, with Fable, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. They did a couple shows over there. I'm not sure if they're on YouTube, but I have DVDs of them. You might, I'll, if I'll look later and try to find them for you, if it's on YouTube and send it to you. But it is sick. It is complete. I can't think of what to compare it to, but it's just sick and this song reminds me or makes me feel this is what a Salas Cotton collaboration and today would sound like and feel like it's just epic. 
I have to check that out. I've never, I've never heard that stuff. That's something I've. Ne- I mean, I'm a huge Richie fan. I've never, I've never discovered that. So, it gives me something to do. do you, have you ever heard Steve Ellis? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I think. Venture. I. God, I would love. I hope before I kick the bucket that you do an album together. I've got. I've got a CD burned from like every collaboration they've done. You know, whether it's cover tunes or original material on Steve's records. You know, and some of it, Richie plays guitar on it. Some of it's just background singing, you know, on it. You know, and then, you know, the different, like, I got some deep purple tunes that they did together and some other stuff. But I made a CD of it. And it's just, and their cover of Me and Baby Brother, which I think was a war song, is just insane. And yeah. Hopefully, before I kick the bucket, they do an album together. Moving on to number 15, Life Gonna Give It To You, features some incredible guitar work. You mentioned when the God made you the guitar work on that song. Uh, Life Gonna Give It To You is, I love the guitar work on that song. Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome here. Definitely some more Prince-flavored funk. Yeah. You know, with his guitar, it's just, can't say enough. It's a good song. <laughs> and the album ends with Innocuous, which is very different than anything he's ever done before. Yeah. Which is it's a, a very interesting. Very interesting song, very interesting approach, and the, the same common thing. This is what makes Richie so awesome is we've listened to 15 songs. We've gone through, you know, the, the rock song, the blues, the funk, the soul, the R&B, all that stuff. You know, we, we mentioned Stevie Wonder. We mentioned Earth, Wind & Fire, Parliament, uh, Michael McDonald, Hall & Oates, his shredding capability, the way he plays. And then Sly we get the family stone. Sly and the Family Stone, all that stuff. And we get to Innocuous, and it's unlike nothing that comes before it. Right. It, yeah. Interesting and great is the best way I can describe it. And this is going to sound really like way left of center, but some of the tonality, tonality in his vocals reminded me of really Wallow from him, H-I-M, His Infernal Majesty. Very interesting. It's a it's a different side of him. You know the way the guitar, acoustic guitar, is on the on the song in the beginning, and the arrangement. It's it's it goes in. I want. I I first wanted to say it, it was you know there's parts of it that are Zeppelin esque, and maybe there is. You know when 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 Zeppelin does the acoustic stuff like, you know, that's the way or Black Country Woman or stuff like that. It has a, a little bit of it, but after I listened to it for a couple, you know, a couple of spins, I didn't necessarily agree with my initial assessment. You know, maybe there's a, a hint of it, but it, it is different, and it's I find it hard to describe because it's like nothing else he's ever done, and it's really cool. I I don't know how he pulled this off or how you know, or, or when he wrote this song, but it's magnificent and it's a perfect way to end the first disc of 50 for 50 because 
you're on this journey from stick the knife through dogs, through dirty tricks and nickel hustle and devil's hand, mad bizarre, turning the table, all these great songs already scarred, you know, I could name them all. And then you come to this last piece of music, which nothing in the 15 songs before it prepares you for what you're going to hear. And I compare it to the song you in that it's in it, that it's so different than anything else he's done. It's not like that song. I mean, it's, I don't want to give you the impression that it's similar to that, but you was such a different song that, that he, that he did. That's the comparison where I don't know if you're going to be expecting something like that after listening to the first 15 songs on this album. Yeah, this is, this song is completely different than anything the previous 15 tunes. You know, and the acoustic guitar is really haunting. Yes, it's eerie. You know, yeah, eerie and haunting. It'll give you chills. It's very different. I think of... It's, it's really cool. I think of, like you know, like in the winter time when the leaves, you know, there, there's no leaves on the trees and it's very gray and there's fog coming in off of, you know, a lake or a body of water. And it like, it, for me, that's how I kind of absorbed it. I kept seeing these types of images. It kind of gives you that eerie haunting feeling of, yeah, it's 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 so unique. It, it, it's it's hard yeah. for me to describe because it is so unique. I can't think of the the best way to describe it, but it's haunting and chilling and different and vibey, and it's really cool, really really cool. So, to go back and just kind of review the song tracks on the first disc for Fifty for Fifty, there's sixteen songs on the first disc. Stick the Knife, As You Are, Dogs, More Than This, Dirty Tricks, Nickel Hustle, Devil's Hand, Mad Bazaar, Turning the Table, Already Scarred, Black Mark, Living Dream, When the God Made You, Wait for Me, Life Gonna Give It to You, and Innocuous. You will enjoy this. (laughs) You will enjoy this record. Being a Richie Conson fan, your job as a Richie Conson fan is to absorb it, take it all in, and let other people listen to it. Check it out. I mean, it's 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 definitely a phenomenal intro or a phenomenal first part of the 50 for 50 album. And we're going to be doing part two Monday, part three on Tuesday. So we're going to need to do every song on the 50 for 50 album for your enjoyment. We're also enjoying this too. And I'd like to thank crash for being a part of this. He's had a relationship with Richie for a long time. And thank you again. Well, thanks for having me on. It's always fun to talk off. Not enough people do not enough people do. And on that note, we're going to end the episode. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Once again, this is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Stay tuned for part two 
airing Monday. Take care, everybody. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.